Good morning. Happy anniversary. 20, 25 years. Uh, Julie and I were, um, were chatting this morning and we have been this week and do you remember this? Do you remember that? And I said, of course I do. And uh, we were unloading. We were, some of you don't know this part of our life. We were mobile uh, for almost nine years, well over eight years, we were mobile. <clears throat> At one time, our, our rent in one year's time was over $200,000 a year. If you remember, we were in the middle school we were in the middle school. Not only were we in the middle school, but we were in the Farnham Dudgeon Civic Center, and it doesn't exist now. We held services there. Do you remember when we used to do Thursday night service at the Holiday Inn ballrooms? Do you remember we used to do Thursday night services there? We have rented everything you can rent in Anderson County. Uh, literally had the key to the city. I don't mean like the fake key that you put on the wall when they honor you. We literally had the key to the front door of City Hall, and uh, we would uh, we would hold uh, we would use their, count, their their city council room if you remember uh, for Bible studies, new member training. Uh, it was kind of like it was real Mayberryish, you know. I would. Uh, I would call police dispatch and let them know that I'm going into City Hall and we would have what we had there and then we would lock it up and I would call police dispatch and let them know that we're out of the building. So uh, we could go in with a million stories. What we're, we're not gonna try to cram 25 years in one service today because it's just really, it's nearly impossible to do. But over the next few months, we're going to just bring out certain things about uh, us being in 25 years and celebrate that just little bitty segments at a time and how the Lord has, has been faithful to us. Um, I want to pay your attention to Isaiah 61.1. If you're new to our church, you haven't gone through new member training yet, this is our mission statement. This is who we are. Everything we do wraps around this right here. It wraps around the, that the, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Jesus used this in Luke 4. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Poor in spirit, uh, poor in poverty. It means both, that we're there to preach good news to them. He has sent us to heal brokenhearted people. Are you listening? We, we are a church that handles brokenhearted people. We want brokenhearted people because the, the Lord promises to heal their broken hearts with the truth of the gospel. So we, we want them here. We want people to be made well emotionally, spiritually, physically. We want them to be well. Uh, he has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. I told people, even in our 25 years, some churches can be general practitioner, like a doctor, like your local doctor, is there to handle anything from a snotty nose to a sprained ankle. And I tell this about our church, we, we get the gunshot wounds and the car wrecks, you know? And it's really true, we, we really operate like a trauma center. 
that people who come here and they, they really need a touch of the Lord, we take this seriously, that he is, he is, he's been sent to heal brokenhearted people and then to proclaim liberty uh, to the captives. We want you to live in the freedom of Christ. When, this is me personally from scripture. When you go to bed at night and you put your head on a pillow, it's my desire from God's word that you have lived a truth-based day, that you have not lived a lie-based day, not a, not a day that's filled with the enemy's lies. My goal as a pastor from the word of God, and I believe this is our calling, is when you go to bed at night to get a good night's sleep, and when you put your head on that pillow, you have lived a day that has been based on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has sent us to bring freedom to the captives. So I'm not gonna hand, handle all of our cards today that I used in the middle school. I'm just gonna handle one of them. We're on a journey. Hope Church, where are we going? We don't know, thank you for that. We don't know, we don't know. And you're going, if you're new to our church, you're going, well, that's a crazy statement. But in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham, it says about Abraham, he followed God, but he did not know where he was going. He just followed the Lord. The Lord has our future in his hands and we trust that and we follow him and we know that it is a future that brings what I just read to you in Isaiah 61. We're going, to, we're going to do our service a little bit differently today. Instead of three songs and a sermon and then an invitation, we're, uh, we're going to do the pace prayer today. And we're going to do it a segment at a time, slowly. And if you're not familiar with the pace prayer, uh, the P in, in, in stands for praise. We're going to handle some scripture verses and we're going to give the Lord praise. The A stands that we are acknowledging and accepting uh, what he has given us and what he has done for us. And uh, then the C stands for control. We release it. We're releasing control to him. We trust him. We surrender to him. And then the E is we live in expectation of who he is and what he promises and what he does. So we're gonna be handling scripture. Uh, you're gonna get, you're gonna burn a few calories today. I'm gonna stand you up and sit you down quite a bit, all right? Uh, so uh, you just follow that. It, it's not gonna be too crazy, but it's gonna be different. I wanna give the Lord praise today. We, we wanted to uh, bestow you with a lot of pictures and, and memories in which we will today. We're gonna to give you four or five of those, but again, we're gonna do them in segments throughout the next few months uh, to, just, to just celebrate it in an extended period of time. But I, uh, I, I, I want us not to remember us today as much as we remember who he is, what he has done for us personally, and what he has done for us collectively as a church and as a group of people. I want you to look at Psalm chapter nine, verse one for just a moment. I will thank the Lord Yahweh with all my heart. I will declare all your wonderful works. We're gonna sing about that in just a moment. 
of all that we have seen him do. Have we had people come and go? Yes, but listen, people have been coming and going, but they've been touched by the Lord. We will minister you whether it's six hours, six days, six months, six years. Uh, we'll pastor you, we'll disciple you. But I run into people all the time. This is what the Lord has done for us. I was recently at a funeral and people came up to me who are now at different churches and, and they even said, let me tell you what the Lord did for me uh, through the ministry of Hope Church. So we're gonna sing about what we've witnessed and all the wonderful works that he's done. Look at Isaiah chapter 25, verse one. You the Lord, you are my God, I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have accomplished wonders. Plans formed long ago and with perfect faithfulness. I, uh, I have a saying that I use and I've used a lot at Hope Church and uh, people have gone to me, how faithful has the Lord been to you? And I tell them, what time is it? He's been faithful up to now. And that's what Samuel said when he did the Ebenezer rock. He placed the Ebenezer rock. And he said, it's a reminder that the Lord has been faithful up to now. Hasn't he been faithful? Has he not been faithful to you? And has he not been faithful to us? And because of that, we will give him praise. So church, I want you to stand uh, with this prayer. It's really up to you, but there is body language with this prayer. When we do the praise part, we just lift our hands to him and give him praise. Let's, let's, pray, let's pray a prayer of praise and thanks for all that he has done. Father, just thank you. Thank you whether people have been with us a long time or just even a few minutes, you have touched their lives, made marker days in their lives. And uh, Lord, when we look back, all we see is your faithfulness. All we see is your faithfulness. We see nothing else. And you are a God who has been faithful to us when we have not been faithful to you. When the last thing on our mind was you, Lord, you have remained faithful to us. And we thank you. Lord, we can walk into the future. We only have today, but if you give us tomorrow, we can walk in it with assurance and confidence and praise that you will be faithful to us, not only today, but every day that you give us. I thank you for the calling you've given us. Lord, we give you praise. There is no one like you. There is no one but you. You are the only one true and living God. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. Let's sing to him. Let's sing praise to him.
I want to handle the part of our prayer where it says we accept. Uh, I want you to look at Romans chapter 11, verse 29 for just a moment. It says, since God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable, I want you to know that the gifts he's given you, you can't trade them in after 50,000 miles, okay? Yeah, you, uh, you can't say, I don't want that gift. I want another gift. It's he gives them to you. The Holy Spirit gives them to you. And when, when you first believe is when he gives them to you. The Holy Spirit fills you and he gives you gifts to be able to use in and through the church. And they're different gifts. We don't all have the same one. Uh, some of us have multiple gifts. Um, it changes around us. I just want to see you as a pastor from scripture. I want to be able to see you exercise your gifts. And then past that, there can be specific callings in our life. But I want you to see he doesn't take them back. That's what the word irrevocable means. God doesn't take them back. God doesn't say, well, I gave it to you. I, I don't want you to have it anymore. He wants you to use it, and he wants you to use it for his glory. When we pray the, the A part of pace prayer, it's about accepting. And one of the things we're going to say is, Lord, we accept your calling on our life. Uh, when I say not all churches are the same, we're the same when it comes to the essential part of the gospel. And I'm not saying believing something that's, that's not essential. Uh, we're, we're centered around the gospel message. But there, there are churches in the inner city that preach the gospel, but their ministries may look a little different than ours. We, we've got to accept specifically what he's called us to be and called us to do. One of the things I know that he's asked Hope Church to be, and he's asked every church to be gospel-centered, but he's asked us to be a healing place. I know that in my heart when he started our church. It, many of you all come from other churches, and one of the first things I tell you is just chill out. Just some of you want to eagerly do things, and I go, no, don't do them. Sit here and rest and be ministered to and let healing occur to our lives. I know that we have been called to be a healing place. I know that. Again, when you put your head on the pillow tonight, I want you to have lived a truth-based day. Not a, not a day that's been where you've been chasing the lies of the enemy, where you have lived in the truth of Jesus Christ and have a good night's sleep and ready to go. Uh, you're going, well, that's nearly impossible. I'm telling you, that's what I try to do as a pastor every day of my life, pastoring this church. So we accept the calling. We're also, we, we, are, we are receiving uh, his grace and his mercy upon our lives the salvation that he's given us, we are surrendering to it. So when we, we pray our prayer of acceptance here, it is all that he's done for us. One, one of the aspects of the calling of our church is to be a sending church. Today, as we speak, depending on time zones, there are over 60 people who were once sitting where you are. 
And now they're pastoring churches. They're associate pastors of churches. They are on mission or they belong to mission organizations throughout the world. Or they're leading worship in some capacity. This summer, we had some of our church working in crossings camps, which are in Shelby County and Marshall County, land between the lakes and over in Baghdad called Cedarmore. Uh, Logan has been there leading worship. Chuck and others of our church have been there with him leading worship. Some of our students in college have been working it all summer. They got to see 23,000 kids this summer in camp life. And when you examine that camp life, that's actually one of the ways I met T. I mean, I knew T, but one of the ways we became connected was through Crossings Camp. Many of our church have served in Crossings Camp. If you were to peel away the layers at Crossings, you would find a part of that whole story is you, is Hope Church. You've planted, you've planted a church in Lexington. You've planted a church in Kenya, actually through an orphanage in Kenya with Miss Rose. And they named it after our church, Hope Community Church in Kenya. You, you are helping right now as we speak, plant a church in Thailand. It's called the 1040 window. It's because of the degrees on the globe, 1040. Most of the world's popula population lives in that window. It's more of a rectangle than it is a square. And in that, uh, most of the world's population, and they're lost. They're lost. There may be two Christians in some areas for every 250,000 people. And here, a couple out of our church, Justin and Ashley, are now in Thailand, planning a church in Thailand, and you're a part of that. Here's what I'm saying. Part of our calling is to be a sending church. We are trained to keep our people and then grow our campus. But that's not kingdom thought. Kingdom thought is, is sending them out. When we use the word apostolic today, we think Pentecostal or charismatic, and that's not the definition of an apostolic church. The word apostle means one who is sent. And to be an apostolic church, you are a sending church. And so part of our calling is to be a sending church. And we want to continue to be able to do that. Last Sunday, we had Dustin Webb and Logan side by side. And this is a gifted guy. I, I, don't, I don't really brag on him in private to him, but I will in public, kind of like my dad did with me, right? <clears throat> so Logan's gifted, and, but he's also a gifted preacher. And we talked with Dustin and we presented them to you. We're going to, two steps you do in preaching ministry, you license them and then you ordain them. And we're gonna license Dustin and Logan to the preaching ministry. It's still part of, of being a sending church. So I just want you to know that. God's had that call on our life for a long, long time. You're going, you may even go, well, where's all of our people? Well, we've sent a whole lot of them out. Like, 
you take 60 people and figure up how many people they would bring to church in a year's time, you can do the exponential figuring there. You can do the math. But we've sent them out because sending them out will bring more people to Christ than keeping them here. That's, that's the way a kingdom church thinks. And that's the way we think. So we're going to pray. And remember, the calling of God is irrevocable. He doesn't take it back. He doesn't take the gifts back he's given you. But while you're living, you need to use them to bring honor and glory to him. And the calling he has on you and us, we need to be faithful to that. And I want to thank you for being that way. We have remained faithful. We have been a part of sending people and planting churches. And we want to continue to be a part of that. Uh, I can go past the three that we've helped start We've actually been a cheerleader to about 12 church starts in, in the state of Kentucky. And that's all been a part of you. So would you stand with me? And we're going to pray the A part of the PACE prayer. It's the accept part. And uh, if you into the body language of this, you hold your hands like you hold a bowl. Like you just got an empty bowl. And we receive what he has given us. Let's pray together. Father, we accept the gifts that you have given us as people. We accept them. And Lord, we, uh, we accept the calling that you have on our lives. You have a calling on us. We place that strategically with you. And Lord, we're here to receive your grace on our life. Thank you. You give us what we don't deserve. And Lord, we're here to receive your mercy on our life. You hold back the punishment that is due every single one of us. You are good to us. You are good to us. Lord, we receive the salvation that you have given us. Only through your, your son, Jesus, can we have this salvation? Can we be connected to you, Father? And we receive all the work that he has done to bring salvation to our lives. We receive the forgiveness you give us, the new starts that you give us. Lord, we receive them. We've been a church of 10,000 mistakes, but Lord, somehow through us, you have used the lives and the faithfulness of these people and the gifts and the calling to touch people throughout this world. And we, we receive your love for us. Nobody loves us like you love us. Nobody, nobody on earth loves us like you love us. No one loves us with the span of time and the depth of love that you have loved us. And Lord, we, uh, we love you. Father, we say we love you. We accept the gifts and the calling and, and all that you have done for us through the work of Jesus, we receive it. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together, amen.
seated. We have a saying at Hope Church that uh, if he never does another thing for us, him dying for us on the cross is enough. He's been good to us. We look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In a moment, we're going to pray the C portion of the pace prayer, which has to do with control. I would say that's our biggest dilemma in most of our lives here in this room. Would you not agree? Uh, that it becomes control. We think we can control our lives far more better than he can control our lives, and that becomes the battle. So to offset control, you have to surrender and trust. So I've chosen this passage. It's a life passage for the Eaton family and the Wind family. Uh, it's become a passage that's a life passage in me as a pastor. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart even the parts you don't understand. And part of our control is we want to know, right? God, I don't have a problem with you calling me, and I don't have a problem with you gifting me, but just let me know up front what I'm going to do. Does that, is that not the battle? Uh, and again, Abraham followed God and didn't know where he was going. Uh, and he followed him faithfully knowing that God would assure him of where he needs to be placed. So the, the battle becomes control and trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. That's where the fight is, isn't it? <clears throat> now this is what I think, Lord, you need to do. And again, I've said for 25 years here, when the Lord uh, doesn't call counsel together and wonders what I think, uh, he doesn't say, hey, Jeff, meet with me. I need your advice. Uh, he doesn't say that about us. It, the, the, it says the foolishness of God will confound the wisdom of man. So don't lean on your own understanding. Uh, be Joshua. And the Lord says, I want you to take the city Jericho, but I don't want you to use anything but marching and horns. And Joshua is a strategist when it came to war. <clears throat> you want me to what? We want you to march certain times of the day and we want you to march. And, and this is how we're gonna bring those walls down. And they said at that time they were the thickest walls ever imaginable <clears throat> as a fortress. You, you want me to do what? I want you to march. I'm gonna tell you when to march. I'm gonna tell you how long to march and how many times around the city and when to blow the, when to blow the trumpets and the shofars, when to be able to do that. <clears throat> and it brings it down, don't, brings down the walls. And I've been there a couple times and they can't find the walls. It's hard for them to find exactly. And these were the thickest walls of the time. And it, they came down in such a way they may not even be recognizable today. Um, don't lean on your own understanding. 
I tried to battle with the Lord. Lord, we don't need to start another church in Lawrenceburg and Frankfurt area. I want to go to Beaumont. I was already working on the Beaumont area. Beaumont now was not like it used to be. And I was dealing with Rosa Parks Elementary School. They had just built it. And uh, we were working to go there, look and use their auditorium. God, God, it doesn't make sense to plant a church here. I was battling with the Lord that we need to build a church there. I was dealing with Roy Woodyard. Y'all remember Roy? Roy was the principal at Anderson for a while, but he was at Paul Lawrence Dunbar at the time. Later on, he became a member of Hope Church. Uh, and now they faithfully serve in Salvisa Baptist. He and his wife, they've moved to Mercer County. But I was dealing with Roy. I was, I was, I was uh, Ray. I'm sorry, Ray Woodyard. I was dealing with Ray, and uh, to go into Dunbar and using their auditorium. But God kept shutting the door. How many of y'all remember Joel League? I shared this yesterday with a couple. Joel League was the pastor at Living Waters, in uh, in in toward Shelbyville. And uh, Jolie called me one day. He said, uh, this is after we had moved out here. And he said, I just want you to know, preacher. He said, a long time ago, I had a vision when this was just a two-lane road. It was old 127 that came through Alton. And he goes, I had a vision that there would be a church placed here one day, and it was a four-lane highway. And he said, I want to remind you that it was only a two-lane highway. When we started Hope Church, people were calling us from Danville, Kentucky, people I did not even know. And they called me and said, we've been having prayer meetings for a year, and God's been telling us that he's going to begin a new work in Lawrenceburg and Frankfurt, and that they thought we were that new work that had been revealing to him. So don't lean to your own understanding. I thought, I thought population-wise, demographic-wise, we needed to go there. And I think the Lord has us strategically placed between Lawrenceburg and Frankfurt for a reason. For a reason. And I, I don't know what all that reason is, but I, I can't lean to how I understand it. I have to trust him, even when it doesn't make sense. Think about him in all your ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. So when we pray here about control, we, we pray and when we pray this C portion of the pace prayer, we're going to hold our hands up like we surrender. Hold our hands up like we surrender. Lord, I release control. I, I trust you to guide me to order my steps and then collectively as a church to order our steps. Church, let's stand together, will you? And let's pray this C portion of the pace prayer and let's release control in our own personal lives and in a life of a church. That God has a future for us and we, don't, we only know what he's revealed to us, but we submit to him. Father, we trust you. We trust you with what we know and we trust you with what we don't know. We trust you. You have proven your faithfulness all through the years, not only in the past 25, but through the lives of people that we have in the Old and the New Testament. And then the lives beyond that, Lord, that you have touched. So we raise our hands and surrender today 
of releasing control of our own personal lives. Order our steps, Lord. Guide our paths, Lord. And Lord, you've given us a mind to think with, but what you do goes past our, our comprehension, our understanding. And we trust you. We just release control and we trust you today. And again, as I pray over releasing control, I thank you for your faithfulness. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. It is well 
seated. I want to look at 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 verse 3 as we get to the E part of the, pray, the pace prayer, which is expectation. And when we pray, we hold our hands out wide, living in expectation. Blesses the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We can live in expectation and hope because our Lord is alive. We don't visit a sealed off tomb. We don't do that. Uh, I, I know sometimes even people wear a cross that has Jesus on it. And I remember a little girl who'd been raised in Sunday school looked at that cross with Jesus on it. And she says, I just want you to know he doesn't stay there. <laughs> right? He's alive. His word is alive. And we still live in expectation. I know you may not know the Christian news around the world, but there are great movements of God throughout the world that are going on. In India, in China, even with all the government pressure, the more pressure they're putting on the people, the more the church is expanding in China. There are great movements of God. There are great things happening. And we pray for those things to happen here. We've seen them happen here. I, I just don't want to be around some activity of God. I want to see movements of God where he just sweeps. And he's done it in scripture. He's done it in history. And he promises to do it again. And we live in that expectation. And we can have expectation because he's alive. Church, let's stand together. If you wanna stretch your arms out and even, even mess up the space of your neighbor a little bit, you know? But we live in expectation, let's pray together. Father, we live in expectation of your, your work in us. You are not finished with us. What you begin, you promise to finish. So we're not done yet. Lord, you're not finished yet. So we live in that. We live in hope, Lord. We, we, we know your promises and we live in expectation and hope that those promises are true. Joshua says the promises of God are true. We know they're true. We know that there are things in our lives now that seem like they could never turn around. But Lord, we live in expectation and hope in you that they will. Some of us live in dark seasons right now, Lord, but we live in expectation that you're gonna lead us through. You are going to lead us through these difficult seasons of our life and, and be a blessing to us in the midst of them. Lord, we just stretch our arms out today and live in expectation. We haven't seen it all yet, 
I don't want to look back over our 25 years and over the history of you living and working in lives and say that it is over. We live in expectation, Lord, that you are going to continue to work and to move and to heal and to save. We live in that expectation. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, oh, how 
uh, you can just remain standing, if you will. We're going to take communion together. I want to remind you that this is his table, not our table. Uh, he invites you to come. You take the bread. You remember the bread represents his body that is given to us. Uh, you take the drink, which represents his blood uh, for, for the forgiveness of sin. Blood had to be shed. Uh, if, without the shedding of blood, it says uh, there's no forgiveness of sin. And uh, you're welcome to come. If you're a believer, you come and you be a part of this. Uh, he invites you to do that. Uh, we uh, look at the verse in 1 Corinthians 11:26, and I want to touch on the expectation prayer that we just had. That when you do this, when you take communion, we're not only saying thanks for his sacrifice for us, which we're doing. Thanking for all of his faithfulness to us. And then it says at the end here, let me read it to you. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our expectation is also on his return. We, the expectation of his return. Uh, just this morning, I was in a meeting. We got a call. Judy Bailey's husband, David, passed away this morning. And, um, but li listen, here's where we rejoice. Uh, heaven's not a better place, right? Heaven's the best place. Better makes us in competition with places that we go on vacation, right? It's the best place. And I said, in the midst of your grief, Judy, we celebrate his home going. And in the midst of all that's going on, we remember his sacrifice today that he's given to us. We remember his faithfulness and we say thanks. But listen, we hold our arms out. We live in expectation of your return until he comes. Let's pray together. Father, I pray over our people. We come to your table and we remember your body given. Thank you. Humbling yourself. We remember your bloodshed. Thank you. The freedom to live in the forgiveness of our rebellion and sins. And we say thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, as best we can look in our future, we say thank you for all that you're going to do. And we can say that because of all that you have done. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. The team's going to lead us. Come to the table.
it You're strong and I've witnessed it You're constant and I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see it again and again You're love and I've witnessed it You heal and I've witnessed it You save and I've witnessed it And I'm confident I'll see